Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 17th of September 2017. Back in the 90s I talked about the system, the big system that runs the world and through science and understanding of technique, which is used upon the public by, again, entertainment and news and authoritarian-type newscasters and shows and things like that, how you're trained constantly. And as the system, and there is a system run by people who understand the system at the very top, because the, the world is vastly different from the way it's portrayed to the public. But this system often has to make changes to get other parts of its agenda through. And therefore, you find that things like morality are flexible in an advanced society. The moralities that were given are the ones to suit the time for our masters, not for the people themselves. And it's the same with everything else too. Logic is another thing which is very malleable. Logic can be swayed. At least the conclusions that come out of logic can be swayed by depending on the information which is fed in and what you've get, you're given access to as well. But even when you, you, you find out that things make no sense according to what you're given to as fact or news or whatever it happens to be, how it's presented to you, even when you're given those ones, the, the, the reality doesn't quite mesh, often glaringly so, with the facts that you're given, then you know there's a big agenda at foot. And whatever facts come in to oppose it are going to be hammered mercilessly from the top and from all sections of particular agencies, societies, NGOs, etc., all on board with the same, the same thing of bashing any other alternative to the story that the people are all told they must believe. And we find it more so today than any, any time in history for a long, long time. The big boys at the top literally have, and I'm not talking about your politicians, it's much bigger than them. Pretty well all politicians are compromised. That's why they're chosen. And you find that even with the sex scandals in Britain and elsewhere, and even the squashing of investigations into them in some countries, you can tell right off the bat that these people are picked because they're compromised. Obviously. And therefore, they do what they're told by the powers above them that really own the world, as far as they're concerned at the top, they own the world. And they do have this big plan, as I say, of using... You see, we're a little different from, from the sentient cattle you would find in nature. We are sentient cattle, different from the, from the cattle you'll find in nature. And we tend to notice things. And we grumble a lot, too, as we're chewing the cud. The cud is entertainment. And if things aren't just... If we, can, we can go along with iffy, iffy logic. Oh, well, okay, and we go along with that. And as long as we can go along with it, just go along with it, the, the big boys can get away with murder, you might say. Actually, sometimes literally murder on lots and lots of people. But what I'm getting at here is the fact that Everything's been planned because we're slightly sensitive or slightly sentient and aware. It's been planned that we must all start to believe in what we're told by the 
say, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, with all of its associated universities that had been involved in incredible scandals over the years. And they can get away with that too, because people's memories are so short, they forget all the scandals. They also forget that many of the people who are pushing this, who put forward to push it, and who are told to push it, by the way, because there's always a chain of command, they were the same people who, who were screaming about global cooling and the coming ice age in the 1960s. And howling and howling how, how this, this socialist-type technocracy must take control of all our lives to save the world. And now it's global warming, now it's just, now it's settled on climate change. And the whole thing has always been, it's all your fault. If there was no people on the planet, you'd have a deadpan climate all year round. How's that, eh? It's all your fault, this climate change. It's your fault that there might be heavy, heavy storms one, one year, and, and the next year, not so many. You might get more rain one year and less the next, and it'll alternate here, because that's how it's always been. But no, it's your fault that happens. And that this whole thing of, of this, the smear words we have today to shut people up are well understood and well-known by the neuroscientists that come up with them all. Now they're calling them climate deniers. No one's denying you've got a climate, obviously. What they're really trying to get at is you're slammed with this nonsense if you just don't go along with with the the causes of changing climate that they tell you. And what they're telling you, it's all your fault. Anthropogenic uh, climate change, it's all your fault. Even when they admit... And they have to admit, after years and years of spraying us, that they're doing all this testing. They call this testing, this heavy, heavy spraying, geoengineering, and into the atmospheres. And we never have normal weather since they started this in 1998. They admit themselves that if they started heavy spraying to geoengineer the atmosphere, they couldn't just stop it. There'd be mayhem. But it also means, obviously, that going into it, building up this, this high-level permanent cloud around the planet, as they're talking about it in the stratosphere, uh, getting into that loading dose, once they, they achieve the perfect amount in, in the air, then getting to that stage, you get lots of upheavals at the same time. But no, it's your fault. It's your fault that you notice it. It's your fault you see the planes spraying the sky, and it's your fault that you, you think they've got something to do with it. Because the whole agenda, and you'll see all the far left and all the middle and all the rest of them all on board because they're told to be on board with it. Because the whole future of mankind on the planet to get the whole end of the nation state, the end of personal individual rights as to where you want to live and so on, you must give it all up for a regimented collectivist system run by your betters, the people who are being appointed and trained in their, in their pseudosciences that you'll have to eventually worship. You're seeing what really was the real old Soviet system which was exported to the West. You're seeing it on steroids. Because this is where they'd hoped eventually down the road to go in all their fantasies. But so did all the socialists, where it was communists or the national socialists. That was the difference between the two ones, nationalist socialists, the other one was international socialists. And there's a couple other differences too as to who would, who would dominate it. But 
that's still on the go. And they got this, these people who, there are people definitely, and you've met them, who just know how everybody else should live. You've, I'm sure you've met some in your lifetime. They'll know exactly what you should think. And I've met a few, actually, who, who people I like. But you give them a couple of drinks, and they, they all have a little disagreement with you here and there. And there's no argument, there's no raging argument, but they can't let it go. And when you say, okay, we can agree, disagree, it's no problem, which it isn't for, for me, but they'll say, oh, no, they can't let it go. They, they've got, they've got to try and try and try to get you to agree with them on something. Well, if these people had, say, a, a different place to be born or something, or are born into the right family with a bit of, of edgy power, they could probably be up there telling you how to live. And they would be. And what you'll find is, if you give them that kind of power, they're utterly intolerant of any other opinions or any other way of being. And that's what you're seeing coming in. You wouldn't believe what really does go on. Remember, the whole Agenda 21 idea, the Limits to Growth Club of Rome, these are all connected groups. There's a simple pyramid system of all these different groups, the ones at the very, very top. Some of them I've mentioned in the past. Not from my guessing games, but from their own books and so on. You can go into all the different groups that, that stem right back to the groups that came out of London, World Wildlife Fund, Sierra Club, all with the same people on top, by the way. And long before the, the names that you heard in your lifetime, going back into the 1800s with some of them. And the big, big mantra from them all and from the, from the Julian Huxleys and the rest of them, which is, oh, there's too many people if they keep breeding like this. Meaning too many of the wrong people if they keep breeding like this. And the answer now is to end a nation state, because I always wanted that, a global system, reducing the population by every means possible. And I mean by every means possible. And it's coming, it's here actually. And... There's no fanfare about it as folk just drop dead all over the place with cancers and getting younger and younger all the time. It's just quite normal. It's a new normal. And, and that's because the big masters of the world who own it all know what's causing it all, and they're not worried about it at all. If they were worried about it, there'd be a human cry. What's killing our livestock? That's all of us. But you can go into the, to, into the books yourselves and you can find out how blatant those behind the agenda have been in the past, at least their front men and women, who, after World War I came out, once they established the League of Nations, talking about the end of the nation-state and the Fabian Society, of course, that was funded uh, by some of the richest people on the planet to supposedly uh, look after the rights of the working class by telling the working class what to do. And they were all in bed. They were communists uh, on one side, but they were multimillionaire communists. And you won't find that very unusual. You've got to get rid of this working class nonsense that you've been fed. And the working class do all the work, and, and those who came up with the plans just reap the harvest. So this is quite simple. But you find that H.G. Wells, that was a front man, a propagandist for the Lord Alfred Milner group, and the clique who knew each other very, very well. He, he knew Rudyard Kipling too, who came out with his own writings. Uh, about the empire and uh, the empire's role in the world, going towards a world governmental system. 
And H.G. Wells talked about the League of Nations where it says this will be the help to be the, the start of the end of the nation state. A, a form of world government headquarters where the bureaucrats of, of departments and government, they really run the show, for, you know, keep it going, put it that way. They could converse with each other and go over and meet each other and make little deals and sign things. As we call them Sherpas today, too, as they come up and draft up things for amalgamations and bypass the, the political side of debate. That hasn't changed. Now it's, it's pretty wide open today how it all works. Only because there's, there's masters above them. If the, believe you me, if the richest people on this planet, very old, old money, were a bit upset at all about what's happening today, it would be stopped immediately in any quarter. Now, one of the reasons why people are getting really rushed through the agenda at the moment is because they are the end product, the generation right now, we're the end product of massive entertainment, brainwashing, titillation through all kinds of things, and debauched as well. If you actually watch television, you can't help but be debauched. That's what it's there for. Until every value you had, getting back to old morality, is out the window and, and stomped upon or flushed down the toilet. It really is. And you know it, and I know it, and... And I don't watch TV. But that's why the reason is so easy to rush it through today. Because there's no unified morality on any particular area to stand up for. Most folk, in fact, are, are, are so contaminated. And that's what Besmanov said, Yuri Besmanov, who came over from the, the, from the KGB. This is the KGB has nothing to do, really. And it's not like spies and James Bond. He says the, the real system of spy work is to do with subversion of the culture, which means the morality as well of, of the people. And they couldn't believe it when he came over in the 1970s and the 80s, how, how well, how incredibly well had succeeded, starting with the youth, of course, and actually their parents too, because it wasn't an old, they'd been doing that before World War Two and running all the industries and the culture industry with their agents in the States and, and elsewhere, and pushing the same thing. And literally, he said that once they're completely debauched, contaminated is a term they use. All sides use that term. Once, once it's happened, then people cannot stand up in a unified form to fight off anything, even an invasion. Think about that. That's why everything's happening today. And that's also why during the 90s and even before, you had all these movies in the early 2000s, all these movies coming out about a, a dystopian future with rubble everywhere in previously civilized places, people living in all kinds of rubble, a small minority living very well, and a massive army, all black-clad and faceless, that kept everything under 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 their, their their heel basically. That was to be the future. And no one said why why are they churning out all these same move type of movies one after the other? Well, here you are, you're coming into it. Or terrorism. Every remember I read the articles from the from the, the so called chiefs of different countries appointed for anti-terrorism. And they all said the same thing because they all read the same scripts and are told to say the same things to the people. Get used to it. 
because you're going to have it for the rest of your life and beyond. This is a new method of completely controlling everyone as we go through this transformation, remember the century of change, the 21st century, where all this has to be accomplished. And you're all stuck in your crowded cities. The nation state is to wither away. And that's what Marx said too, just coincidentally, isn't it? The nation state would wither away. And I read the articles too from the think tanks for the for NATO countries, for the military, and they were talking to the same thing about the city-state and the end of nations. That's the future. And you'll all be, classi- we're all classified already, completely, everything, right down to folks' DNA now. I mean, they know all too, if you've ever had a blood test taken or samples taken by police or whoever happens to be, or given it voluntarily, or even for, you know, for basically registering your children through the Freemasonry groups. And so they're, they're the greatest ones for getting the fingerprints of children. And, and, and the, remember the Masonic chip for having the, the children's clothing chip and all that. And they're still pushing for all to, to go even further. Everything ties together from the central source at the top. Quite interesting when you look at it, isn't it? But you think about the things that, that you should be offended by, that you're even watching daily. You're consuming the, <laughs> the filth, really, <laughs> which is called entertainment today. And at one time, you say, you, w- you wouldn't let these people who put it across on television so anywhere near your children, if you had any sense at all. And now you're watching the same stuff yourself. And it's put across as entertainment. And I can go on and on and on. But it's not for me to moralize. I'm not moralized. I'm just telling you how morality is flexible and suits those who own you. That's why you, you, they, if they wanted, if they had some strange plan of, of more conflict for a hundred years war or something, they would switch it so quickly back and every movie would be about the, the brave officer going off to fight in the war and, and he'd be married again with a wife and children again and that would be the norm and, and so on. And so on. It, it, it would suit them fine. It's very, very flexible according to what you consume. Remember that article I read too from Parameters, the Army magazine, and it was written by an intelligence officer in the U.S., who was very proud of, of what their, their achievements and basically using the same techniques that helped basically take down America and they're using them abroad on their cultures now and how successful it would be and, and so on. But they also talked about the mind has no firewall and if you lowered the firewall off the mind, if you have one, if you're sentient, you know that ideas and what you're seeing are pretty dangerous, they're weaponized. Weaponized glimpses or images or whatever, very weaponized. You wouldn't believe how much work goes into it all and sticks in your head and has its consequences. Male and female doesn't make any difference. They've got this equal opportunity brainwashing and equal opportunity contamination for everyone in the system. The mind has no firewall, but always remember that if you're aware at all, Try and, and always be aware that you must keep that firewall up. And that also means, well, I'm not going to watch this and I'm not going to watch that. I've read articles too on the air a few years back about a psychiatrist, I think it was, in, in Canada, who was brave enough to put an article out in the newspaper while he'd left the job. And it got to him. And his job was literally being assigned 
to work with perverts in prisons and things and go through these programs, these stupid programs that really are meant to contaminate and destroy the person that watches the stuff. The idea being they can alter the behavior of these pervs by little shocks or whatever it happens to be, if they they have rapid flickering of this scene, that scene, and of things that you shouldn't be watching in the first place, and it, and how it's infecting him, his behavior, his thoughts on things, and no doubt affecting his family life as well. Well, why are you watching all that kind of stuff? And I'm not really, as I say, I'm not moralized. I'm saying, why are you watching that kind of stuff? If you truly want to be your own person, or do you? Do you want to be just a product where your masters are quite content and know all about you, know what you're watching and what you're into? Or would you rather be an individual? Now getting back into facts and how flexible they are today, depending on what facts you want to use. True science would use everything it comes forward presented as facts. But they don't. When, you, when you're only selecting what you want, it's for a, a different purpose. It's not science at all. And there are plenty so-called scientists out there who wouldn't uh, be working even sweeping the streets if they couldn't get all the grants handed to them. And they're involved in political purposes. Of course they are. They used to tell you that you've had many ice ages in the past. We don't know how old the world is, but we know there's been many ice ages and they keep drilling and doing these samplings and cores and things. And they can tell you when this happened, that happened, and all the rest of it, and what different parts of the world. We know that folk came into Britain for a long time, settled, etc. Then they moved out again because the ice came back in. After it was all over, it came back. Well, what happens between the ice ages? You get warming periods. And those warming periods will happen whether man's here or they're not here. If it didn't have warming periods, you'd have a constant ice age. And if you had that, none of us on the planet would survive. We wouldn't be here. So facts are very flexible according to whoever political and social agenda is afoot. And to please the masters, believe you me, they can really bend anything at all and get lots of people in authority who don't even blink when they're told to con you. And even come down to the Inquisition time, because they're coming down to it now, uh, when they haul you up and do their, their new exposures to the world. Look at this denier. Look at it and put you in the dock. You're a denier. You're an evil. This is like the show trials they had in the Soviet Union. And you'll stand there and say, yes, I did. I, d- I denied it. I denied the sun. I denied this. And you'll say that, no, the sun, the sun has something to do with climate. And they'll say, oh. Isn't that awful? You actually said that. You actually said this. <gasps> well, yes, I did. I did. And then you'll say that you went down in the streets and, and the back roads, the poor areas, and you, and you, and you did debauched things with prostitutes and, and, and you picked up syphilis. And that's what Orwell had in 1984 too. And just like Winston, you'll, you'll say it all. And you'll hang your head in shame. Absolute shame. After the torture, there'll be lots of torture too, and they'll really throw the book at you. And if they could bump you off, like they did in the Soviet system, and they still do in other communist systems, then you know that that that's a warning to everybody else. Don't use your own common sense. Whatever you do, repeat what your bosses and your masters tell you, or else. Or else. And 
it does shows you how wrong those old Egyptians and everybody else was, because they thought the sun had a lot to do with it too, of warming the planet. But nope, it's not true. Now you know. Mind you, if it, if it suits them to change it again in the future, they'll do that once again. And I'll never mention that they taught you to believe that it had nothing to do uh, in, in this particular generation, you see. This is how it's done, this guys. See, f- truth has nothing to do with how you're ruled. Never had, actually. Really never did have anything to do with that. Last week I mentioned how governments in Australia, but they have them all over the world doing the same thing, putting, putting out tenders for people and agencies and organizations who, who can prove, prove, and they get little courses, but they must be able to prove that they can make people change their mind on anything. They're persuaders. Going door to door to get out of the car. May you feel bad. Aren't you, aren't you ashamed? Aren't you ashamed that a little kangaroo down the road there might not get born? Because you're driving your... Do you understand? The population of Australia is pretty small. The size of the continent is huge. And it's mostly deserts and so on too. And it's going to be that way whether, whether you, you, you stop driving your cars or not. But again, reality has got nothing to do with the topics anymore, eh? Just do what you're told, obey. And I don't think there's even a comedy or anything you watch on television that won't have all these little things stuck in there to make sure you start repeating it all. And you do. You do. Sad that we're like animals in that respect. It's just... just as Bertrand Russell says, repetition, repetition, repetition. And you eventually start repeating the same terms. Remember, the masters at the top always give you the terminology to use. Have you noticed that? Always do. And that's how they can win arguments, and even stop arguments from occurring, by, the, by always managing the conversation. You manage it through the terminology. You can get self-censoring terminology. You start to reply to something, and if you're using their terms, it automatically brings you into a loop where you just come to a dead stop. Very clever, though, but well proven, too, by the behaviorists. Now remember, as I said before, the nation-state was to wither away. And all the big organizations are put out there to, to put forth all the topics you're supposed to think about. And, all, and it also tells all those in politics and bureaucrats, here, here's the agenda. Don't say it's agenda, but you know it's agenda. Just go along with it and put out by all the different, you know, big foundations, the big front foundations, the multi-billion dollar foundations that run all the NGOs and think tanks galore and every particular. And, and you don't elect them in, but they run you on behalf of their masters. And here's an article here, and it was from the World Economic Forum, this other private organization. Again, it's, you know, you don't vote for them either. And they keep coming but from their think tanks, just stacks of stuff for the, for the next year and all that. Cities, not nation states, will determine our future survival. Here's why. It's a rah-rah thing, you see. It says nation states are looking increasingly outdated. They're outdated, you see, and even dangerous. Some of them are outright belligerent and threatening c- catastrophic war. Which ones? Well, some nation-states are exhibiting neo-imperial tendencies. Mm. Neo-imperially. Most are waning in power and influence. The 369-year experiment in nation-building is coming unstuck. 
with most nation states failing to deal with the major global challenges of our era, including climate change. There you go again. And we used to deal with climate change. We used to have umbrellas. And we had raincoats, good ones too. Not these little awful things you get the day that if a, a little breeze blows, the seams come apart. Have you noticed that, eh? And when it was hot, we just wore shorts and stuff. And, you know. Anyway, forced migration. Forced migration. And it's interesting when, when you see the, the lead of it, see? Climate change, forced migration, uh, and then terrorism. <laughs> Things are connected. Uh, pandemics and more. Interesting, too, that there's actually... Uh, Clusters of oh, I could go on even with when I read it, like the pandemics are happening, even even the clusters of, of, of things that are happening with, with particular bacterium and viruses and even fungi that were created in the laboratories. It's really an, a, amazing what we're living through. But again, uh, all they have to do at the top is never admit to it. Yes, it can be done, but never admit to it. It's like when they're using the harp technologies. You can hear it bagging away in the shortwaves day after day, for year after year. As long as they don't mention we're doing it, they just don't talk about it at all. It's so, it's so easy to do, isn't it? Same with the aerial spraying. For years and years, they wouldn't even just laugh at you and try to ridicule you, which is always the first step to do. And then they start to, start to admit they're, they're doing little tests here and there, even though it's, it's massive tests. It's not testing at all, actually. It's well underway. It has been for years. And pandemics too. And it's interesting that uh, even this area here, I mean here, is a great area for all these things. For the, the, the aerial spraying. They've even had court cases a few years back, placed not far from here, where US planes were coming over low and heavily spraying. It was causing... Stillborns and different things to happen, pneumonias amongst the people. And it went all the way to High Court, Canada. It wasn't denied. It was a test. And they're always having little tests. It's amazing. There's, see, there's a, there's a lot of Indians in this area and reservations. I think it was last year they had, and maybe the year before too, they had uh, uh, all these sudden mysteries across all these hundreds of miles of Indian children suddenly having these little spots in their faces and across their body, and eventually they put it down to some kind of strange fungi, you know. And there's no more, then it's hushed up again very quickly. And then we have an instance just this week, I think it was, where a cluster of children down a little current way, or a cluster of them, I say, have come down with uh, this awful thing that's pretty deadly, believe you me, and you can believe me of blastomycosis, and uh, it's just a mystery again why this strange blastomycosis is affecting animals and children and adults too. Or it may be some strange little kind of wet area, small wet area, and and all this kind of stuff. We've had years of of pouring rain here with all the heavy spraying that we get now, and that's old stuff. And so much so the fungus in the trees, I think two years ago, was just incredible. All around the trees, this isn't just the fungus you see uh, coming from the north, etc. It doesn't matter. I say facts don't matter anymore. Because the big boys at the top just lie all the time. But people are, are getting... So again, pandemics of what? And then you go into these things, and some of them were developed going back into 
just pre-World War II, anti-World War II, for various purposes. It's quite amazing when you get into it, really into it, isn't it? Oh, yes, we can do these things, but we're not doing it. How how, and the general public will think, oh, they'd never do that to us. That's the way into the mass grave. Oh, they'd never do that to us. If you can go back in history to all the peoples that have said that in the most horrific times of the 20th century in different countries, they'd never do that to us. Aye, aye, aye. Anyway, cities, not nation states, will determine our future survival. To start, half of humanity currently live in sharp contrast to most of human existence when less than 1% of the global population congregated in settlements. And it goes on and on and on. Two-thirds of the world's population will be urban dwellers by 2030. Today's cities power over two-thirds of global GDP. That's because they make nothing. They just print up money. It says they're the marvels of innovation because they don't make anything, actually make anything at all, do they? And uh, engines for prosperity. The whole prosperity kick, believe you me, is, is very short. But just to get the agenda through. And money will keep, keep getting printed as long as uh, they're on this part of the agenda. And it says cities are often plural and cosmopolitan. Well, nation states are closed, nativist and parochial. Oh. Then they go through the global part. The, the, the new coalition called the Global Parliament of Mayors is also urging cities everywhere to take advantage of the, the, the devolution revolution. Do you know you're, you're electing your mayors so they can get rid of your, your 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 little area and your country? Did you know that? So all the links on this article here: the the, the new urban agenda, United Cities and local government, and so on and so on, and then global. Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy. See, so they're all, all every agenda, all these little psychopaths that want to get on and do whatever they're told. They will do whatever they're told, and they'll say what they're told to say. To be good, good, good to their masters, and their masters are not the people who think they elect them in. It's not you. This is it brings together more than 7,100 cities across 119 countries to take practical steps to harness the power of renewables. And so on and so on it goes. It was about the meeting in Davos, etc., and the TED 2017. All these things created by the masters at the top. All of them are. As I say, there's a pyramid and there's a capstone at the very top. Yep. And then you have this one here, and it's to do with, well, the same kind of thing, really. It says, populism is poison. Plural cities are the antidote. Same term again. Plural. Plurality, you see. Plural cities are the antidote. They don't want populism. And actually, they're bashing Trump as well, and so on. And this article here gives the global agenda and cities and urbanization and global governance. Yeah. All the stuff that the, the Chatham House and the CFR and Royal Chief International uh, International Affairs have created for us to believe in, you see, and help to manage. And they go on about Watch the politics of fear and rebellion of the forgotten from the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. It gives you the whole news brief there, basically, a link again. And global anxiety is feeding the growth of nationalist movements. I'll tell you, the reason for that is that people know from history, people with a bit of memory, 
in just common sense, they can sense it actually. If you can't go to people who are governing you in very basic, and, and, and when I say basic, they're essential needs for you and others around you. If you can't go and meet those people and they're over in some other nation somewhere, running a whole bunch of other nations, you are way down the totem pole and what you say doesn't matter. And everybody knows that. Everybody in the EU knows that now, in the European Union. No, no. With this runaway super Soviet, and that's what they called it, remember? A lot of the old dissidents from the, from the Soviet Union who were in prison, they came out and said that this, this economic union, which is not meant to be a, a democratic system, is run by this private, kind of secretive organization at the very top. The politicians down below it says, literally have no power to do anything or change anything. The commissars above them are the ones who don't know. And the folk can't even find out who they are. So these dissidents said that this, 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 is the, this is the real Soviet who wanted for a long time to have the whole, the whole yeah, of Europe as one. Anyway, it gives you the economic roots of populism. And, it says, and of course, that's because free trade is taking all your work away from you too. And it says, we've seen the merger of ultra-nationalism and right-wing populism before. It did not end well. The world's again entering a period that is easily recognizable as pre-authoritarian and fascistic. Pre-authoritarian. So authoritarian is good, eh? And the stakes could hardly be higher. The future of liberal democracy hangs in the balance as it did in the 1930s. National populism stages during times of economic volatility. The latest wave is a byproduct of the appalling excesses of financial capitalism, culminating in the housing disaster of 2008. It was more than a housing disaster, it was a complete racketeering. And it's aftershocks that continue to this day, and the political backlash is now being felt. No, it's not. There's only one group runs the world, and they're on all sides at the very, very top. You know that. Of course you know it. What globalization has brought to benefits to some, the accelerated exchange of people, goods and ideas, has also eviscerated jobs and contributed to extreme inequality. And then they've got about identities under threat. This is urban and rural populations are increasingly worlds apart. Well, that's a history lesson in itself, because you can go back to the, the rulers of Rome and the senators and how they're going to need, well, eventually people would rise up once in a while and eliminate some of them, because these people would, would take the land off the people, under different guises too, off, off the time, and, to, and then you, you find out the same senators end up own, owning it all themselves for peanuts. It's always the same kind of thing. Behind all big movements, there's, there's those at the very top, the very top, who own all. They, they end up owning more and more and more. There's always economic factors at the very top of everything they, they tell you to believe in. And I mean to believe in, because it's all a belief system, isn't it? I'll put these articles up. And then another one, too. How cities are rewiring international affairs. And this goes on to beyond driving economic growth and so on, all the, the rah-rah-rahs, etc., delivering new urban agenda for development. It's all smart cities, etc., all planned by the private corporations like IBM. Smart cities. It's all planned. I mean, there's no debate about it, you'll notice. All you've got is the rah-rah pro-believe-in-it, pro isn't it wonderful, articles.
Another one too is the UCLG, United Cities and Local Governments represents and defends the interests of local governments on the world stage, regardless of the size of the communities they serve. They're headquartered in Barcelona, an organization's stated mission is to be the united voice and world advocate of democratic local self-government, promoting its values, objectives, and interests through cooperation between local governments and within the wider international community. And then when you read it too, it's not what you would think it was either. It, these are all the, the furthest left you can imagine. The, the, the big boys at the top are using at the moment all the far, far left. They, they actually were. I've, I've gone through the articles before, and even the books in years gone by of those in the Milner Group, which became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, and a whole bunch of other groups. All, it all actually, most groups all come back to these guys. If you don't know that, all completely interrelated. And they gave you the present system, and the changing present system, and they run all these organizations from the very, very top. And they don't believe in democracy or your right to decide what kind of future you want. This article also tells you its mission statement and all the rest of it, and a lot of global governance and global governance, which means the same old things I've mentioned before. And here's a a little statement. It's imperative to increase local financial autonomy to diversify local taxation towards climate finance, you say. Hmm. You need to pay and pay and pay into austerity. That's a plan. That is a plan. And get moved off into your crowded cities. And you will go where they tell you to go. And get used to being told because that is the future. That is the future. Agencies... And organizations managing your life with government backing, almost like police powers, in fact. Now, I'm talking about the coming Inquisition. It's here, actually, now. As I say, they're pretty well intolerant, completely intolerant of any opinions today. God help you if you have any contrary to the official stance. It's not nice at all. Here's an article here, and it says here, Canada now investigates climate denial. Canada's competition bureau, we've got a competition bureau in Canada. It's an arm's length agency funded by Justin Trudeau's government to the tune of almost $50 million annually. Investigated three organizations accused of denying mainstream climate science for over a year, following a complaint from an environmental group. Now, see how it's worded? Very important how, you, how it's presented to you. A complaint from an environmental group. Denying mainstream climate science. Now remember, they've had articles out where all the climate scientists that are all for this are on the payroll of the IPCC. Great jobs. And there's plenty of scientists out there, actually more, who don't go along with it. But that doesn't sound that way here, eh? The Bureau discontinued its 14-month probe in June, citing available evidence, the assessment of the facts in this case, and to ensure the effective allocation of limited resources, according to Josephine E.L. Palumbo, Deputy Commissioner of Competition Deceptive Marketing Practices Directorate. So it's a Deceptive Marketing Practices Directorate. But it'll reopen its investigation to receive relevant new information from the public. 
the complaint was filed by the Eco-Justice, it's called Eco-Justice's group, on behalf of six prominent Canadians, including former Ontario National Democratic Party leader and United Nations Ambassador Stephen Lewis. He's made his career, basically, on this as NDP leader and UN ambassador. Canada's very, very big with in and out of government and United Nations. Very big on that. Actually, very big evening in creating the United Nations. Anyway, it says, accused three groups, Friends of Science, International Climate Science Coalition, and the Heartland Institute of making false and misleading claims about climate change, including that the sun is the main driver of climate change, not carbon dioxide, and that carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. How can it be a pollutant, though? If plants need it, and everything else on the planet needs it, all greens do. But again, that's that's getting into the crazy debate, isn't it? And you're not supposed to have any kind of debate on it. It's just you've been told what to believe, and that's it. And if you don't believe it, remember, this is well-named Inquisition time. Because this is down to what you believe. And what you believe for the conclusion you're going to come to on whatever side you want to join. And it's so important, as I say, that this whole agenda gets through. It's now treated like like the uh, like heresy. They've actually used these terms too, like climate heresy. And it, it really, but again, too, the, the whole movement was created to, to take on religious connotations and religious appearance. That's what Gorbachev talked about. Michael Gorbachev, who created uh, uh, his Green Cross group, of course. He was a socialist. He kept saying he was still... And this was a great socialist idea he was head of. And they would make a religion out of this whole saving the world idea and the greening of the planet. A religion. And here it is. Now it's basically an inquisition. When it launched its complaint December 2015, EcoJustice told National Observer it would press the Commissioner of Competition to refer the matter to the Attorney General of Canada for criminal charges against the denier groups. Isn't that awful? I mean, imagine the money the taxpayers have paid for this. And, and the, the, groups, the main group they're talking about is in the States. And in response to the Competition Bureau discontinuing its probe, Calgary-based Friends of Science said on its blog that the Competition Bureau is a very important enforcement agency. We regret that any of their time had to be wasted on this matter. We are not a commercial entity. We don't have federal lobbyists and we're not tax-subsidized as environmental charities are. And we do not represent any industry. And it's true enough, you know, all these charities, so-called charities on, on board with this whole thing, they tend to be, uh, and they're heavily subsidized. Uh, they're, they're massive pressure groups, left-wing pressure groups is what they are, for the whole socialist world agenda. We know that. Of course we do. And it's not that anybody wants to destroy the world, of course not. This is a big agenda to change the entire way that you live, right down to, uh, uh, not the distant future, who will be allowed to breed children. That's all part of it. Read their older books. The older books are awfully important. Never changed. It says that in May 2015, Advertising Standards Canada, the voluntary industry group that does not enforce its decisions other than through public uh, suasion, ruled 
following 96 public complaints that two Friends of Science billboards in Montreal stating the sun is the main driver of climate change, not you, not CO2, contained categorical and unequivocal claims that could not be supported by the preponderance of current evidence on the matters in dispute and omitted relevant information. Nearly a number of factors have led to climate change, of which the sun is just one. And so here they are, they're trying to prosecute people. This is a warning, too, to everybody else, obviously. And it's amazing when you read the people, look at the people who are on this this board who brought the, the claim against, you know, against them, against Stephen Lewis and others there, too. And look at their careers. Look at their careers. And it's it, it's like a religion, and, and ambassadors to religion, bashing another religion, and, and getting the force of the government to, to back them up. I mean, that is basically the Inquisition. Literally, this is the Inquisition time when you are in trouble for voicing your opinion. That's the scary part of it all. Because we're real on, well on the way, and different areas too. You all know this. All of you know it. We're well on the way to 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 this in different areas of life. Do you believe that? Do you believe this? Do you believe that? What's your opinion on this or that? I'm telling you, you gotta be so careful today because this this is truly Inquisition time for those. You're post-democratic. Remember, the Club of Rome said that didn't work. Not anymore. It worked before for them, for the masters of the world, but not now. They want, they're in a hurry now. Another article, two breaking eco-justice files complaint the Competition Bureau against climate denial groups. There you are. And prominent Canadians did it, but they're all involved in the same... I mean, it's, it truly is one group who are funded and all the rest of it, and, and they know their agenda. One group bashing other groups and getting the force of government to pay up money to try to prosecute them. You cannot have that in a, an open, democratic society. You're in trouble when you do. And the very fact it's happening at all shows you're already in trouble, where they, where they can go ahead with it or not. And to show you the people who are in the, the, these particular groups, this one, two, cause to punish global warning. Skepticism as a criminal offence have surged in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey and Irma, but it hasn't discouraged climate scientists like Judith Curry, a retired Georgia Tech professor. She argued on her climate, etc. website that Irma, which hit Florida as a Category 4 hurricane on Saturday, this is from two days ago, was, was fueled in large part by very weak wind shear and that the hurricane intensified despite Atlantic Ocean temperatures that weren't unusually warm. This is the kind of talk that could get policymakers who hate her research hauled before the justice system if some of those in the climate change movement have their way. Climate change denial should be a crime, declared the the September 1st headline of the outline Mark Hertzgard, uh, outline against the magazine or something, Mark Hertzgard argued in September the 7th article in The Nation, titled Climate Denialism is Literally Killing Us, that murder is murder and we should punish it as such. It's really, the gloves are off now for the whole agenda. But it's important, I must use this. Evan's being put on the idea of this to get the whole world to change its ways, everybody to move off the country 
uh, and live where they're told and eat where they're going to eat, told to eat, not be meatless, etc. They've already said that to all these things, get the whole agenda through. Don't have children, etc., etc. Yep. So I mean, I'm not kidding you about that. And then uh, Stephen Lewis and uh, New Democratic Party, etc., which people often say <laughs> is left of Marx. They made a great career, uh, definitely, and now have uh, right positions. Everybody likes him. Everybody who knows him likes him. But he's he's completely on board with the whole the whole globalist's new agenda. Completely. It's almost tradition in Canada for leaders of the New Democratic Party, NDP, after a stint in government, they end up uh, going off to the United Nations. It's, I think Ed Broadbent was a guy who also did the same thing. And even the Liberal Prime Minister, before he became Prime Minister, Paul Martin, disappeared for a, a year or two. And he happened to be the, working in the United Nations at that time too. And then when Cretien retired, Martin just moved straight in without getting elected. Musical chairs, that's what it is. But uh, they do serve the masters very, very well, and they're well taken care of. Everybody who serves the masters at the top are well taken care of, believe you me. And they'll do whatever they're told, whatever they're told. Even Stephen Lewis said he, he, he left his studies in the 1960s to do a clerical position with the Socialist International, who received an invitation to a conference in Ghana and so on. Yada, 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 yada. But it really is awful when... People cannot disbelieve what they want to believe in anymore. It really is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Now, uh, just to finish off here, to do with <laughs> the, the U.S. Air Force, it says, sprays Harvey-stricken Texas with controversial chemicals. It says that their vehicles in Interstate 10 navigate through floodwaters caused by tropical storm and so on. And it says they're now spraying 6 million acres in Texas with potentially harmful insecticides as the state tries to rid itself of swarms of mosquitoes nesting in flooded areas after Hurricane Harvey. Work began this past weekend with the military using low-flying C-130 cargo planes to to douse three uh, counties with uh, NALED or NALED, N-A-L-E-D, an organophosphate insecticide. It says, due to large amounts of standing uh, polluted water, uh, populations of pest insects that can transmit diseases are increasingly, are increasing significantly, it says, yeah. Anyway, the thing is, it's, it's very controversial, this particular spray, it's been used for quite a while, actually, but um, they've had problems. They, they were using, I think, this one in China at one point, and they found out it was having neurotoxic effect on children. On adults, too, obviously, but on children, it's more noticeable. It says, Nalid, a, a neurotoxin sold under the brand name of Dibrom, works by killing an enzyme in insects and leads to overstimulating the nervous system, causing nausea, dizziness and confusion at, and at high exposure, respiratory paralysis and death. So that's what they're spraying uh, the people with and so on. It says it's been used, widely used in the U.S. since 1950, but it was prohibited for use by the European Union in 2012 over concerns that might affect human health. I see the EU has also caved in on allowing them, like through the, through the court system, by the way, the high court, on a case. That's what they generally do in every country. 
they're now allowing them to, to plant their GM corn and all the rest of it too. So that's uh, wide open now. The big boys always get what they want, don't they? The big corporations, the monopolies. And then you have other things that, that this particular uh, pesticide uh, has done to people. And so I'll put some links up if, for those who care to look at it. I think they're even using it in, in Florida too. And they've, and they've done it there before as well. Also, U.S. Air Force is spraying 6 million acres with chemicals in response to Harvey, another article. It's quite interesting, really, all the different things that go on, isn't it? Uh, I'll also put up Friends of Science, the Sierra Club, for those who want to know. is because it's actually, I think, the other organization I mentioned tonight was actually part of that at one time before they got their own funding, perhaps. I don't know the whole story. Yeah, I'll put up the Heartland Institute. They're one of the organisations to be under the put into the fire of the Inquisition, and it's in the states, as I say. And then another fellow who was getting—I don't know if they'd still brand. It's interesting too, under the new Inquisition, if they'll if they'll just use little chips in your brain so you walk into the the dock, just like they did almost in the how they looked, I should say, in the in the show trials in, in the Soviet Union with the blank expressions and like the zombies. As you would too, after lots and lots of torture and no sleep at all. But they won't do the torture with you. Probably in their civilized societies, they'll probably put chips in you and give the right kind of drugs. Maybe put, if they use chains at all, they'll be plastic, biodegradable. Not, none of that nasty, heavy metal stuff, you know, the rust and all that. And then you have to get disposed of. No, this stuff will, will, will last long enough to, and, until you're gone, basically. Biodegradable under the Inquisition. It really is quite, it's is becoming a frightening time to be alive within countries that at one time were really good countries. But you can see it across the board today. They're complete intolerance, complete intolerance of anybody with a, an idea of their own and, and who's not fanatical about making sure everybody else believes it either. These characters are fanatical to make sure you do repeat what they tell you to repeat. And that's where it's all going. And that's a sad time to be alive because it's a frightening time. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.